I never doubted that this could be possible because I really believe anything that I would put focus on, not because of me being Braulio, but being me in the way that I do believe that anybody focus anything and give a hard time and focus 100% can achieve. I never put a limit on any of my will, you know? Hi, this is Mick Tully and you're listening to Mixed Martial Arts. You won't believe who I've got. The one and only who? Raulio Estima. Raulio Estima. First of all, it's a bit of a dream come true for me because I was just saying to Gonzalez Gomez out there, we said first time I ever met you. First time I met you, it was rock star. You'd only been in the country for literally, I think, a year, maybe. Uh You were wearing the Oakley sunglasses. You you were cool, man. (laughs) You looked time, long time. Yeah. So how old were you when you first came to the UK? I was just turned 22. 22. Wow, man. And what got you started in jiu-jitsu? Well, um, jiu-jitsu was... um, I, what got into the jiu-jitsu was because I was very frustrated with my uh, beginning of the career as a footballer, you know, and uh, I got very frustrated because I, I, when I was always giving everything that I could on, on my teams and on the leagues and stuff. I didn't know you played football. Yeah. I mean, oh, you're Brazilian, right? Yeah, of course, yeah, we all do. Yeah. And, uh, the thing is, um, I got a little bit frustrated off because of the clicking group, you know, that, yes. a lot of people, so you to, to do well in, in, in the football, your team must be in the finals of the league and then on my team that I had. You know, I wasn't the best of the team, but I was for sure the guy that was giving everything that he could. And yeah. many times, you know, if, if your partner doesn't give as much as you do, doesn't care as much as you do, and then you're not necessarily going to win if you give it all. Yeah. And I got a little bit frustrated of, of that. And then I said, no, what, I'm going to do a... Um, individual sport and I thought firstly as judo because I, I had already an experience in judo when I was nine years old right. and then I started judo again and then my previous partner from judo when we were nine years old we were in the same school and he said brother you should come and try jiu-jitsu I said mom but jiu-jitsu it's a little bit what is UFC isn't it an MMA I said he said, no, 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 it's, it's a lot of grappling and all that. I said, oh, I'll give it a go. I want to check. I, when I got there and I saw Zay Hadiola there, and it was, you know, he he, he just got his blue belt, and um, he was showing some techniques out there when we were there in the mat in the back of his house. And uh, I realized, oh, hold on a second. I think this, this is cool. I think this can help my judo. And I started doing that, and then I, I realized that I had much more potential in jiu-jitsu. And I jump into the wave and I start doing judo to help jiu-jitsu and here I am. And here you are, <laughs> a, a modern day legend. Zay Radiola, right? Uh, I remember the first time I met him was at Paul Kelly's at a seminar. And then we did, we worked, you, we worked together. As, you did some plastering with us one night, didn't you? Yes, yeah, uh-huh. we did. Yeah, yeah. Me, you, Zay. <laughs> Exactly. And Neil Simkin and Booker. Neil? Yeah, yeah, yeah at uh-huh. half two in the morning. Man, that was crazy. It was when we opened the, the, the academy, huh? We were opening the academy and it was uh, everything, like all academies, Yeah. something had to be done at the last exactly. minute. Exactly, I remember you guys helping me out so much to be able to get this on time. Nah, was don't crazy. worry. So how old was Zay when you met him? Oh, that's interesting. Because uh, I didn't, <laughs> I, did, I don't remember exactly, but um, he is now, about 51 yes so it was 20 years ago so he was 31 right and he was a blue belt he was a blue belt yeah because he was a 
he was a surfer, a professional surfer. I, uh, you know what? Just as you said that, I remembered this. Yeah. Yeah. He was a he was top sixteen in Brazil at the time. Wow. Yeah. So. Jeez. He and then, but he was very, you know, was that everything that he did. He always focused hundred percent, and he always did good. You know, unfortunately, he started just too late. Yeah, a little bit too late. And um, you think what for competing? Yeah, he started when he was thirty years old. Wow! But, but look how much time he put into the the sport, and how much champions. He look at the champions he's created, right? Or we helped. Yeah, who like who we got here? You look, we have myself, uh, Otavio Souza. I have my brother. We have like a. Uh, Charles Negromonte, okay. uh, Guilherme, his son, Guilherme, okay. Gigi, Guilherme is, he is unbelievable. Lucas Rocha, Bruno Alves, you know, and, and the, the numbers carry on and on. They, they, they're crazy. It's just. He I has think, 22 world champions from white to black belts, yeah. Wow. G 22? Yeah. Wow. So, what I'm going to ask now, right, is. You did a bit of MMA. You had mm -hmm. how many fights did you have? I'm undefeated. I never lost in my life. Yes, I fought once. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm undefeated. I'm undefeated once. I'm undefeated as well because I never turned up for three of them. Yeah, and I, I chickened out of the other four. Uh, no, what? How did you find the MMA? I found MMA very interesting. You know, it was a good challenge that I picked at the time. You know, I was more to the. Uh, I was more attracted to the MMA. For the fact that at the time I was the top person in jiu-jitsu on, on, on the season, on the, yes. on the on the year, on the on the time. Yes. At, at that time I was the the, the number one in the ranking in jiu-jitsu, and there was no many people doing well in jiu-jitsu and MMA. So I felt a little bit on the responsibility. Hold on a second. If there is anybody that you're gonna go there and represent our sport, yes, that should be me. Well, it's it's funny you said that because I remember we talked once about Damian Meyer, mm -hmm. and Damian went in, and now Damian doesn't look like a jiu-jitsu fighter anymore. Mm -hmm. yeah. They, you know, but I can't remember who was the guy, he had that one fight where he he just basically. Butt scooted for a round and it was really bad. And then he's come back now, and now he's a real killer. He's doing great. He's doing, he looks great now. The huh? problem was that uh, Damien Meyer now he through his experiences he realized the asset that he has. You know, he has a very good jujitsu. Yes. MMA. So it's a very good weapon and a special weapon because if you stop to think, it takes a lifetime. For, for a person become very good in jiu-jitsu. But in the in striking, not necessarily. No. You know? So it's a very important asset. But the thing is, I think he played the game of everyone, you know, like focus too much on the boxing, on wrestling, and then forgot about to focus and bring the fight to his strength, its strength. But now, but, uh, I, I, well, this I saw him. I saw. I think it was the last two fights, and I saw his stand-up game, and I thought it was brilliant. And then I saw his, and he, I always thought. I thought his jiu-jitsu was great, but I didn't think he was tenacious. I didn't think he was aggressive enough. Yeah. And then, boom, he's like a killer again. And making people who are very good in jiu-jitsu look like a white belt. Yeah, making, the them, making them look bad. So, so who was, for you, who, what was the first fight that you ever had that was really hard? Yeah, I mean, like in competition. In the competition? Well, um, I had many, many, many tough matches when I started as a as a blue belt, of course, because that was the discovery and stuff. But those, I believe that it they became hard because of my knowledge that wasn't enough to appreciate or to kind of deal with my attributes or with my my game plan. Yeah, so I didn't have like a you know. So I don't. It, that was hard, but I think it would be hard to anybody yeah. if 
did have only my knowledge at that point, you know. So I consider like, okay, let's focus on when I know when I start and get to know Jiu-Jitsu as a black belt. Yeah, and uh, you know, Jacare was one of the, the biggest. <laughs> that was, I tell you yeah. what, wasn't that a great? That was a great event, though. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, my own, one of my only regrets in life was I met you coming in, and it was me. I was I was speaking to Mark Walder, and all I I heard Mark Walder shout, "Kakala!" <laughs> and then you came in, and we were chatting, and you were getting ready for the you were it was the day of the Jacare fight, uh-huh. uh, and we you know that Nottingham was crazy. It for was that crazy. Time. That was my payback time, to be honest. That's when I actually could pay back for everything because I have fought him previously four times. Right. Yeah, and I haven't scored no even one advantage on him really previously yeah so right. he was the toughest one that ever yeah so in um the interest about this 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 fact this this comeback when we're talking about the covenant yeah uh, in uh, Nottingham, um that when i was going to that fight i was coming from a very big surgery on my neck yeah oh i did a surgery on february and the fight was in october so i had about like eight months to come back from zero to as good as i could ever be. i remember seeing the picture you had the x-ray picture in the gym correct yeah so basically up until the point of the surgery i had programmed this fight against jacaret fighting a guy that i never scored or even one advantage and i have to go to this theater to do a surgery on my neck that I don't even know if I will be able to fight. Yeah. Because nobody has done that in fighting. That was the first one that I did yeah. a surgery with two discs replacement and go back into the net. So I went there, okay, Yeah. did a surgery, came back and managed to recover for four months. Then I started training for four months to rehabilitate and become as good as I could ever be and be able to be the biggest challenge of my career. And that was one of my biggest uh, achievements in my career. Was, uh, and how much, how much did the uh, atmosphere oh, the, the atmosphere was amazing. Like, and a, lot of, a little bit of a pressure as well because everyone was kind of pushing, expecting me to, to do well, fighting in a home, with the crowd over 2,000 people screaming my name. And, but in the other hand, I had so much of a belief that that was going to happen. That that's supposed to happen. That I did my best and I improved a lot the last four, uh, since the last final I fought him. And uh, it was great to get done and dusted out yeah, there. And I, as I said, my 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 only regret was I didn't get a picture of me, you, and Mark Walder. Uh-huh. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to Photoshop Mark in sometime. <laughs> so what was it about Jacare? Why was it why was it so hard to? He was so out? athletic, uh, as you guys can see. You know, yeah. so strong, so athletic, so so straight to the point. He didn't let you make grips. He didn't let you adjust yourself, and he was on your case. You know, yeah. and um, I felt that I, I when every time that I fought him I didn't feel that I was actually fully grown as an adult physique so I felt a lot of uh, I couldn't handle the power and yeah. the pressure that he had yeah he's, you know? he's a force of nature yeah you know, he, he, he's is a, he is a force of nature so uh, first of all in the UK who who excites you to, to watch of course I love uh, I mean Roger Grace would be the. You know, he's been around the, that long. People, you know, people forget how young he still is, right? Yeah, he's he's thirty four now, and then he's man, he's a machine. He's one of the best of all times, you know, forever. He's amazing. You know, like I, love, I like to see my brother, but let's say to the young guys for the national and uh, the 
the people from from the country you know we have so many good fighters we have like a, you know uh, Bradley here we have like a Oliver Lovell you know yes. we have like uh, uh, Sean from the purple belt from Victor you know? oh yeah um, Sean so Coates yes Sean Coates yeah, yeah man that guy's a monster he's amazing and a great guy as well you know, those guys from uh, from the, the Carson Gracie uh, I forgot his name uh, uh, River Dillon yes River Dillon's really he's good Daniel good Strauss is a, Daniel Daniel's, Strauss da, yeah you know? Dan's, I, I do a bit of work with Daniel and Daniel's he's only 25 dude that guy is a freak of nature did you monster. see how, how strong he is yeah oh well he's brutal He's yeah. We did a photo shoot, and I was like, "Look, man, you know, I'm not a method actor. You he's, know, don't he's, kill me." He he bends like a like frigid frying pans. Yeah, yeah, he's How killer. Can do that? Yeah, he's a, Strauss. You're a beast, man. You're a beast. <laughs> and then, like internationally, who like Keenan? Um, no, I don't like Keenan's game. No, really don't. Well, just because it slows it down. It, because it's not a game to forward all the time. It's like he it plays so much on the on, on the. To slow you down, basically he levels down anybody that's above you. Yeah. Everyone that's lower than him, he levels down in the same way. It's the way that he ties himself and get him stuck. You know. Yeah. If, uh, he's not. He's a good fighter. Yeah. You know. Of course, he never won a major. Gentleman, yeah. But he's a good fighter. I'm. Not, I'm saying that it's not the one that I. I would like to watch. Yes, definitely. Uh, I would like. I would rather watch. Uh, the likes of Leandro Law. You know. Yeah. I love Le see Leandro yeah. Law fight because that guy. He's like, oh, he's one of the hardest guy to score a point or to, to beat. He's all action. It never you know? stops. And yeah. Exactly. And then Felipe Pena is an amazing fighter, you know, yeah. as well. Never give up. Always, you know, if you don't tap him, you're always in risk until the last second of fight. Yeah. You know, uh, to lose. Uh, Bouchesha, you know, Rodolfo. Yes. Those guys are, 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 are amazing. You know? right. right. Well. Earlier on in the year, this sounds like I'm really name checking it, but it's only because every time I go there, he always he really looks after me, right? <laughs> so it's it's a mecca for jujitsu, which is Henzo's, yeah, in New York. And you go in there, and it's like, oh, there's some Gary like, Tonham, Eddie, Eddie Cummins, Cummins uh, John Danaher. John Danaher is a, he's a, a wizard of jujitsu, and I learned a lot so much from him. That's Gordon just beat the ABI everyone. Yes. You know, it actually, was funny, funny stuff. I was there. I came back from a from the whole trip. I got home at three o'clock, and I really didn't want to miss John Danaher's class in the early morning. So you know what I said? Just go straight to the academy, and from the airport, and then I, I slept like two hours in the mat, and then I went to to train with the da, guys. Da, da, I've done I've done the early morning class. Yeah. And then I I went and I said, oh, is anybody? And they said like pair up guys, and I said oh, I got I'm gonna get that skinny young kid here to do something. Maybe I give him some help as well. Yeah. And that was Gordon. I didn't know who was. <laughs> And I started doing the same way. Go, okay, guys, okay, let's start the, uh, the, the, the sparring, five minutes round. And I said, okay, let's go. So I started to warm up with it. On my mind, I said, oh, it's warm up with God. And I started feeling, mm, this guy's a little bit, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, this guy's got oh, some he movement. He knows what he's doing. He's doing. I said, God damn it, he's good. He is good. Because <laughs> he amazing. they have some unbelievable guys. And with John Danaher, he's, first of all, he, he always teaches to the highest level of the class. Yes. So whoever's in there, if you're a world champion, you've got to up your game. Exactly. Because otherwise, exactly. that's it. And then the other one is they always say he speaks too quietly. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> yeah exactly. As I've said before, John only has to speak, he has to whisper because guess what? It's it worth listen. listening to, right? Exactly. He is unbelievably good. So what's the future hold for you? Well, at the moment, I'm very excited to come back and start competing back again, you know? 
I've been through some some personal problems, and I'm like focus on revive and then you know put myself into the into the spot. Yeah. You know, and I wanted to compete. I have some super f- matches coming up. I'm gonna be fighting next uh, Alexander Trans in uh, 9 July in Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires. Can yes. you say who you fight? Yeah, Alexander Trans. Oh wow! Yeah, I didn't, that's my hearing gone, right? <laughs> oh, that's the hearing aid still there. And, uh, yeah, he's 110 kilograms, so it's gonna be a big that's challenge for a, me. Yeah. I'm excited. You know, I, I fought the the World Pro after my shoulder surgery last year. Uh, is that is, is that uh, submission mission? Is it? It's, no, uh, this one is gonna be like the IBJJF rules. All right. Uh, but I fought the World Pro in Abu Dhabi. Right. At the. Uh, in April, yes, and I, I managed to win my category, which was great. After my surgery, I felt good, and uh, now I'm, in, I'm I'm focused on training that for for the fight in 9 July. Then I'm gonna I, I might be fighting September on a big tournament that I cannot mention yet, but. Can I ask what country it's going to be? It's going to be in California. Oh, right. So it's going to be huge. Something new. Something new. Something new. Yeah, not not. It's like. It's not metamorphosis, it's something like it, but it's gonna be for the first time. Right. It's gonna be amazing. And um, also, I have another fight in November in France. Right. Against um, uh, Emmanuel Monin, is the, the, the French champion. Right. And also, I might be fighting at the Polaris in November as well. The Polaris would be good. And no, no more MMA, is that you finished? MMA, I think I already passed the, that section of really wanted to do maybe I do a couple more fights yeah you know, in my career it's just how it's gonna be how I'm gonna handle things around me you know like family factor because don't stop to think um, I give up so many times so many time for myself so I could do well in jiu-jitsu yes and uh, I realized for me to do well in MMA I need to do everything over again yeah and I just felt that you know Life is too short to put in risk my neck, literally because my neck with the surgery, with the impact, yeah, you know, it can affect my lifestyle. So, you know, something that I don't want to take as in as a career no. because I really have fun doing jujitsu. And who is there any M- any MMA fighters that you like to watch? Anyone that interests you? I really love. I, l- I really like to see uh, John Jones fighting. Yeah, he's a. That guy is a special. He's he's special. He's different. He's a very he's very clever. You can see when he jump into the mat uh, to the cage. He has that freedom that he was looking for to express himself the way that he feels like, depending on who he fight against. Yeah. Because you know, I know I do understand fighters and I do understand how they train, and I can f- see on John Jones' actions is that. He holds so much back while in training. Yes. Because you can hurt your opponent. Yeah. You need your opponent to train. Yeah, you know? man. And then when he f- goes there, he feels like now nobody can stop me. I yeah. can. That's why he's special. That's why he's different because he has all that asset that he wants to use, and he's clever by adapting and deal with the unexpected and be yes. unexpected. With John Jones, I really like. I really like him as a fighter, and now I've seen him on TV, and I've gone as a person. But the thing is, I don't see rock stars, and ju- I judge them on their performance. Exactly. But then with the with the UFC, like, I don't. Like Nate Diaz, Nate Diaz. Yes. 
those guys, you know, I don't necessarily do praise them as a, a role models outside of the of the cage, but in the cage, they, they, they say good that? fighters. Yeah, you know, they they fighters that I like to watch. They fight that uh, that uh, uh, Nick Diaz against Joseph Pierre. It was a good fight. Yes, Joseph Pierre. He's a tough guy. He is a tough guy. And, they, and Nick Diaz did a good fight against him. Yeah. They, uh, they fight against uh, Anderson Silva. Yeah. Nick Diaz stepped up and went there, went five rounds with him, and then it was a tough fight. He did. Uh, if you don't mind me, if you don't mind me, I will mention this. You were at the George Saint Pierre fight, right? I was. I was there. Was and there was a little bit of drama. Yeah. We won't, I mean, go, I into, won't go into details, but yeah, Nick, Nick Diaz. I think he has some something. Uh, how back when, since the last time that he when he didn't show up to fight the the uh, the, sub, the submission fight, you know at the time with the bloods high and hot, you know you say things that maybe you you shouldn't say on the on the you know on the moment there, you know like he has his issues with the media with appearances, you know you have to to respect the the fact that you know the if the promoter had done something more clear on both sides things could have done on different ways but this is exactly because i remember i i was watching it with it and it was just going to be a jiu-jitsu match mm-hmm. and what how did that come about well um basically it was uh when nick, uh, nick diaz had a, the first ban from the ufc so the promoter f- uh, was contacted by caesar grace he said listen nick diaz, nick diaz would like to do a uh some fights on the submissions, you know, to keep his sharp, his sharp yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, his. And then I said, what? And then someone contacted me, listen, you want to fight Nick, Nick Diaz? I said, oh, sure, of course. And I was on a holiday for the first time with my family in Thailand. And I did enjoy my holiday as I, as for the fullest, because I was preparing myself. Yeah, that, to do that. and that's that's one of my frustrations because I gave up my first ever holiday for the family. I kept training. I I've been training all my life, and then okay, first ever holiday with my kids, my family, and my grandpa and my parents-in-law. Let's go to Thailand, and then we go there in a resort. And I wasn't having a wine. I wasn't waking up every day in the morning seven o'clock to go train, you know. And just so it came. Case. So no, not just kids to go and compete. But uh, right? because this was still on, right? It was on. It was, right. it was done and dusted. And then I flew there. Everything is sorted. I, I, I weigh myself on the on the way. You know the the the, the promoter said I could fight at one eighty five. He told to the other promote to 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 make this that I, I it should, the fight should be one eighty. And then I got there. And then what's going on? What's going on? And then the promoter said, "Listen, it should be one. Uh, uh, they Nick just fight you if you are one eighty. And I cut the weight down. I weigh in one eighty. He didn't show up and then whatever, oh, and then that was man. the frustration of the world, and then that's it. But for me, it's done and dusted, you know. Uh, I, I moved on. And who would won? <laughs> well, well I'm, I'm, conf- I'm, I'm, I'm confident on my jiu-jitsu. If it was in a <laughs> in MMA fight, I cannot say the same. You know, he could beat me on the MMA fight. Or uh-huh. not, I don't know. So, who inspires you nowadays? Uh, man, nowadays, uh, I'm not the kind of guy that I really have a, a, a one only one idol yeah I I don't have that uh, I think I, everyone has a little bit of the good and everyone has a little bit of bad exactly so it, it's I just like to be inspired by the good of everyone that I appreciate you know so I don't focus on one person but all these 
new generation inspires me a lot, you know, because I'm always learning new stuff and then adapt to my game. Roger has, for sure, Roger Grace was one of my inspirational and in, uh, in a reference in the sport because, you know, he was like my bigger brother, even yeah. though he's younger than me, but yeah. he, he's tall and, and, <laughs> and tough and, and, and hard training. And, uh, you know, I learned so much just with him, you know, and uh, he's always inspired me in, 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 in the match. And, um, you know, my own students inspires me too because yeah. it brings me that fire so I can go there representing being see them being proud of me it, it, it's well, did, when you first came over when you were 22 did you think you were going to have this many black belts did you think that you were going to have like you know your godfather to Neil Simpkins children <laughs> your godfather to like students children did you did you think that you were going to be here for this song look everything that I did in life since when I was a blue belt when I got my blue belt and I wanted to be the best blue belt on my weight division in my academy, then yeah. in my state, then in my division, then I try to be the best one around the Brazil, and on and on, and then I get the purple belt. Now I want to be the best purple belt in my category, in the academy, and on yes. and on. I, I've always, I never looked to focus too far off my reach. Yes. Because I think this would kind of take me out of focus on what's important right now. Yes. One thing that I always learned from my dad was never try to run before you know how to walk. Exactly. And knowing if you do fall, stand up and be ready to fall again. Yeah. Because it's not gonna happen. You just need to it's not about and then I learned with my own experiences, it's not about falling, it's about how much you bounce back. How strong <laughs> you bounce back. You know, because everyone will do fall. So uh, I never seen that far, but I never doubted that this could be possible because I really believe anything that I would put focus on, not because of me being proud of you, but being me in the way that I do believe that anybody focus anything and I give a hard time and focus 100% can achieve. Yes. So I never put a limit on any of my wheels, you know? I think it's possible, anything is possible. Well, it's, it's, it's funny you said that because I remember uh, when you first came over, uh, yeah, a black belt in BJJ. Yes. Oh, like, like, no God way, well. yeah. Mm -hmm. And then more and more people have done it, and then there's been certain guys who have done it, and they, mm -hmm. when they started, they weren't, you know, they weren't athletically the best guys, mm -hmm. but then they just got good. And, you know, for me, look, you know, Jiu Jitsu was the last piece that I needed in my, my martial arts. Mm -hmm. And it was, as I've said, the Jiu Jitsu has taught me to be resilient and tough, maybe, not so much tough, but resilient, definitely. Mm -hmm. And not as much on the map, but off the map, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. driving up to Neil Simpkins mm -hmm. on a Friday night knowing mm -hmm. I'm going to get beaten mm -hmm. by that monster. It's a very humbling experience. Yeah, it's a very humbling experience. Yeah. And then getting up getting up next month, next Friday and doing it all again. Mm -hmm. And then going into the classes during the week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that gives character that, you know, you don't yes. get in anything else, huh? No, you don't. You don't. You don't because you can put in practice and then a real scenario situation, you know? And you don't necessarily need to get head to head and hurt it yourself to be able to do it. Because you can have a hard session, but I'm not damaging my brain. I'm not getting hit every day in the brain, which is hard to do it with other martial arts because when it comes to the heating, it gets like a long-term damage, you know? Yeah. Of course, you're gonna have injuries and stuff, but football gets you injured much more than yeah, you get to finish up the thing, yeah. right? But a sport, contact sport, is gonna be injured. That's gonna get you your armor yeah. worn and harder and become you who you are today. But as you said, the experience, it's very humbling and it makes you a better person outside of that. Definitely, sure. I, I said this to Wesley Torelli and 
earlier and I said to Wes uh, we, were talk- we were talking about just what you get and it was the mentally tough bit mm-hmm. everything else you know and it, yeah it's better it's cheaper than going to a therapist exactly uh-huh. exactly I, I take this as my therapy jujitsu is my therapy and my addiction at the same time yeah I go on holidays I train yeah I feel pleasure of training I feel pleasure sharing yeah you know I'm on holiday many times you know I, won't, I go on holiday I say what's well, the club and I'm being there people don't even know who I am really which is funny <laughs> which is nice it's good you know uh-huh. and then um, you go there on the fun places most of them they recognize of course you know, yeah. but, but the, sh- the, the people who is around me that I'm drilling with they don't know because I go and do the class yes you know there's a brown belt teaching I go there and yeah. I do the class with my partner it's a white belt and they don't realize who I am and then I and I'm taking advantage of that moment and I show them some listen yeah this one you can do that and I help him out and because I share because I like you know and then this gives a very nice uh, feel you know yeah. to people around you hey you, do, you know you're doing good in the world personally I have to thank you for you know your friendship your guidance in jiu-jitsu and I'm the worst as I've said before I'm the worst blue belt in the world <laughs> but, but the thing is I love it that, and the thing the thing I've found with the jiu-jitsu is it's the worst love affair. I think you said it once to me. You said, Jiu-Jitsu is the worst love affair in the world because you love it and it never loves you as much as you love it back. Exactly. Yeah? Exactly. And, and then you also said, I think it was, uh, you said, the problem with Jiu-Jitsu is it bangs you more than you get to bang it. <laughs> <laughs> also, the, also the, the, uh, is one of the biggest lie in the world because it's gentle arts. Yes, it's <laughs> not that gentle. There's nothing gentle about it. There's art in it, but that's it. Bradley, bro, thank you so much, oh, man. Mick, thank that you very much. It's always a pleasure to share, uh, to talk to you, to you know, to share in the mats, you know, to chat, to laugh. You know, <laughs> when was the last time we met and we didn't laugh? Huh? Well, there's no, never. There's no. Yeah, and um, I always like to do the the Mick Tony pose. I'm really uh, glad that we crossed path, you know, and for many reasons. I'm really grateful for everything that you've done for for our academy and as, as a as a student and as a friend and also as a as a teacher. That you are great as well. Oh man, thank you very much, Bradley. I, you, I don't know. I want, I want to cry now. <laughs> uh, thanks a lot, my brother. That's thank all, you, sir. Man, that was awesome. Thanks for listening today. We have a brand new show every Friday. You can listen to all our interviews on MixedMartialArts.com. Mixed Martial Arts is our Paint Your Headphones production.